As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The Dear Agency specializes in helping you understand your coverage before you need it. We offer all lines of personal and commercial insurance, including auto, home, and life. Contact Don Deere at 210-507-2169 and visit us at 7529 North Loop 1604 in Live Oak, Texas or FarmersAgent.com slash DDeer. Are you pregnant and alone? You have options. The Sanctuary of Hope offers expectant mothers ages 12 to 22 a place to live, medical care, counseling, continued education, and options to raise your baby in a loving environment or help you with adoption. We want to help provide you and your baby with a bright future. Call us or email us today and let's walk through this together. 210-499-1554 or sohcares.org. All inquiries are confidential. I Am Refocused Radio is brought to you by Documation, service that serves. Technology solutions to keep you moving forward. Visit nation.com today. You are listening to I Am Refocused Radio with your host, Shamaya Reed. This show is designed to inspire you to live your purpose and regain your focus. And now, here's your host, Shamaya Reed. Hey, welcome to I Am Refocus Radio. We are here once again, and today we have a special guest. His name is Alan Cutting, and he's the founder of TheBelieversJourney.net. He has a ministry, and he does amazing things for the community, not just in San Antonio, but his ministry touches all around the world. He has listeners all over the place, and it's an honor to have him on this show, I Am Refocus Radio, and say, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. It's morning. I've had breakfast and I'm not at home. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's, it's great. We're, we're practicing our six feet of social distance that they're calling or whatever. But I have you on the show today because I want you to share the audience a little bit about yourself and your amazing ministry that you do. Because every other Wednesday, you're live on Facebook and you're doing all these great interviews with special guests and you're giving all these Bible teaching. So before we get too deep into that, 
I would just like to have you introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little bit about yourself. I'm Alan. I basically grew up in Southern California for most of my younger life until after college I left. Um, my family has lived in Hawaii, and I went to live in Hawaii. My mom actually was five years old when the uh, bombs came over Pearl Harbor. She was playing outside. So Hawaii is real important to me. I wear actually aloha wear every day. And um, I became a Christian when I was 16 years old. It was not easy for me because I just didn't think it was the life I wanted. And But after that, because I knew nothing about the Bible, nothing about anything, I didn't really have a Bible, but God really touched my life. I got called to the ministry. Now, back in the 70s, ministry was you go to college and then you study and you become a pastor. That's kind of what it was back then. <clears throat> However, for me, I was a youth pastor for six years, and then I kind of stopped. I, I stopped working in a church, and I got a call from a school out of the blue, letting me know that they knew that I was out of work and needed something, which I have no clue to this day how they knew this. And I got hired as a Bible teacher. Well, that changed my life. And um, it's not that I do anything remarkable in my teaching, because I do not believe that anybody who has any kind of gift of the Holy Spirit, it's about them. And if it hadn't been for the Holy Spirit and the gift of teaching, I probably wouldn't be doing anything that I'm doing now. I love teaching. It's to my core, but it's all because of the Holy Spirit. When I was going to college, I thought that I would, and I dreamed of speaking to thousands of people teaching thousands of people. And I've never had a problem standing up and teaching. I mean, it's just something I always thought I would do. I went to a uh, Bill Gothard seminar when I was a kid, and there was like 50,000 people there. And I thought, I could do this. Well, I never really got to do that. But something opened up recently with the Believer's Journey. And I was told that when I started this program, I might have 10, 25 people the first month. And lo and behold, I had, what, two, 300 people. Then within a few months or a couple months, I had several thousand people. And not only in the United States, but I have them in Moldova, I have them in Russia, I have them in Ukraine, I even have them in the Philippines, and I, in India and China and Africa. So when I'm looking at where all these people are listening to me from, I'm thinking, I have thousands of people just like I thought when I was a kid. So the way that God opened doors wasn't that I would stand in front of people, but I would have a microphone and a video, which wasn't available back in the 70s. And God is using this ministry to touch people's lives. And I teach biblical principles. I teach the Bible. I'm not traditionalist, so there's a lot of things that I do teach or I, in, in person that kind of offsets what we've heard for several years and that because people hear something several times, they start to believe it. Um, I own a business, or my wife and I own a business. It's a promotional product business. Right now it's almost shut down because of the coronavirus situation. We tend to work with people who have trade, uh, trade show booths, and because there's no trade shows, we're not making any banners or, or very many, so we're, we're kind of under the gun there. Other than that, you know, I see myself living the rest of my life um, teaching the Word. I mean, that's until I don't have breath. It's interesting how you talked about how when you got started into teaching and how you had the desire to be in front of people and God 
eventually allowed you to have a show where you're reaching people all around the world. And when it comes to Bible teaching, what was the process like for you from the beginning? How did you prepare yourself to have that opportunity? Well, I was associate pastor at a church in Las Vegas, <clears throat> and the pastor was a psychologist. He kind of did a lot of counseling, and uh, but there needed to be a lot of things at the church to be done, like clean the bathrooms, wash the van, clean out the van, sweep the you know room here and there. And I did a lot of that. And I, and I came from Colorado where I did a lot of ministry. I didn't do all the other little things. And because of that, I quit. I said, this isn't ministry. I can't do this. Well, when the school called and said, we have a Bible teaching position, I said, well, I'm not a teacher, flat out. Well, we, you know, you've taught school. I well, taught before. And I said, well, I've taught Bible studies or, or Sunday school, but that's not teaching a classroom. And they talked me into coming down, and I took the job. And lo and behold, it was so easy. There was no preparation. I didn't understand why it was so easy. It was probably about four or five years later that I realized that, that it had to be a gift of the Holy Spirit. It had to be because I never learned how to teach. I never learned how to stand in front of a classroom or anything like that. And actually, I've developed my own style. I believe that there's so many people that have questions or have asked questions and gotten stupid answers or answers that don't fit. And I'm there and I've realized because of what's ha it has happened to me, I studied and studied and studied to get correct and accurate answers. I had a professor at Azusa Pacific University, Bruce Belowian, and I came up with this great idea of how come you know, Jesus created the wine, made wine from water and, and all of my stuff that I, I presented to him. He said, that's great, but it may not be accurate. So he said, in everything you do, you need to be true to the scripture. And that's what I've held from then until today. So even though there are people that say, oh, this is how it works because two and two is four, it still doesn't mean it's accurate. And so I'm really about accuracy in the scriptures. You're listening to Iron Refocus Radio. We are talking to Alan Cutting. He is the founder of TheBelieversJourney.net. You can go to TheBelieversJourney.net and find all of his amazing episodes of his Bible teaching with his special guest that he features on every show. I'd like to touch on the fact when you talk about being accurate with the Word of God and how important that is when you're teaching people. What are some of the questions that you find common with new believers when they're asking questions about the Bible? Some of the problems are in today's world, there's a few issues that I have uh, issues with, in, not in the world as much as in the church. I, I'm, my calling is not to go out into the world and bring people into the church. My, my calling is actually to speak to and teach those who are already come to Jesus, who already are there within the church. And I don't mean the building. I mean the church are the people, the believers. And so I'm there to educate them. That's my calling. Um, so from there, my frustration is when people come in and say, oh, well, you know, with Adam and Eve, it was all Eve's fault. It was, she was a problem. I said, well, that's not true. That's what my priest told me. Well, your priest is wrong, you know. And so it blows their mind you know, because mm -hmm. I'll just tell them flat out. And I was talking to a friend of mine who, who I really want to get on the show. He's uh, a guy in California. He works with uh, uh, minorities in, in neighborhoods. And uh, one of my degrees is in biblical literature. And you learn a lot about what is being taught, how they wrote 3,000 years ago, which is not in the same way we think today. 
So when we see that Hebrew is written with a lot of analogies, I'll call them analogies, but, but really it's idioms, and they may have an idiom that means something of the day, and we'll read it today in our English Bible, or it could be Spanish, or it could be Russian or Romanian, and so forth, and it has a different meaning. Because of that, I understand it could have a, you know one or two meanings, where today, because we think in terms of science, scientific ways, you know, like I could hand you a, a glass filled with water, and, you, and I'll say, what did I just hand you? And you'll say, oh, H2O, water. Well, that could mean 300, 3,000 years ago, I gave you a gift of love. So it's perceived totally different. So when we look at the scriptures, we need to understand it was written in a different era, a different time, and may have a totally different meaning than today. And for someone listening right now, say they heard about Jesus, they heard about the Bible, but they have questions of how you become a Christian because you hear that a lot. What's the right way to become a Christian? Like, are you supposed to say a certain prayer? What are the steps that a new believer that wants to be a believer are supposed to take? I think one of the problems today is we've watered down Christianity. We've watered down the idea of salvation. And if you look at the scripture, and I believe that the Bible is full of themes, and every theme has to connect. If it doesn't connect, there's something wrong with the interpretation. So the thing about the prayer, you know, there's a lot of people say there is a sinner's prayer. And what they, what a lot of people don't know is that the sinner's prayer is not in the Bible. It's not biblical. It's not taught in the Bible. But we've pulled it out maybe about 200 years ago during the uh, revival, you know, um, revolution. And it's, it was created. But it was created out of interpretation. The problem is, is people say, well, if you say this prayer based on Romans or based on Revelation, therefore you're saved and nothing you can do at all in your life, you're good to go forever and into heaven. Well, that's not what was taught. What is taught is that we need to, even in that scripture in Romans, you know, to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. Well, number one, confessing with our mouth, the very term in the Greek is to, is to confess with, with, uh, in your guts. It's, it's like my conviction of life. And that's what you're expressing. Now, the word believe has a totally different meaning in the Greek, which is what it's written in, opposed to the English. It's an actual active verb, where in English, if you look it up in Webster's, it's a passive verb. It's something we understand to be true. But in the Greek, it literally means something we decide to follow and act upon. So if I say I, I understand to be, that God is true and that supposedly is my way to heaven and Christianity and that's what I mean by believing, that's false because that's, that's a, a narrative that's taken from a language that is not the original. And it's just that it's hard to take word for word. So when we take the word pistuo, which is the actual Greek word, and, and translate it to the word believe, they're doing it word for word. But when reality, the word pistuo is an entire sentence or two. So when you start doing that, you, you can't really have a Bible that's not 10 feet thick. You know, you have you do word for word. But it's important for people like me, teachers and pastors and preachers, to really get a hold of the language and teach it correctly so that people will know it's all about making Jesus Lord of their life. I can say I accept Jesus as my Savior. Well, that's not biblically correct. What's biblically correct is to say I made Jesus Lord of my life and he became my savior, and he saved me. That is actually biblical. 
but we don't, we've watered it down for so many years now that it's become nothing. And that's what's really sad. And by the way, you listen to I Am Refocus Radio talking to Alan Cutting, founder of TheBelieversJourney.net. And you can catch his shows every other Wednesday with his Bible teaching and his special guest that he features on his show. I like where we're going in this conversation because another question I believe people might have out there who are listening, if they're new believers or they're interested in becoming saved, what is supposed to happen once you become saved? Okay, so to me, and I on my show, I teach this a lot, that salvation isn't necessarily an event. Now, it can be, but it has to be a journey, okay? That's why I've named our, our uh, ministry The Believer's Journey, because it is a journey. Uh, Paul says we work out our salvation every day. So it's, it's all about, here it is, the bottom line of any believer is to become like Jesus, that's the foundation. If, you're, if all you do is say, I'm saved because I said a prayer, I don't feel like going to church, I don't feel like reading the Bible, I don't feel like doing this, but I know I'm saved because I read my Bible, well, there's no salvation in that. You're, you've just said a prayer that really didn't mean a thing. But once you take a hold that made Jesus Lord, what does, that, what does that really mean? Well, it means that you're a servant and he's your master. That means you follow his teachings. That's what you do this. So when you read the scriptures, you understand what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to live. You know, in, in the, God, the book of First John, I mean, he tells us how we need to live. He tells us how we need to love one another. And if you're not even loving the other believers, it says you're not even a believer yourself. So, I mean, there's some things in there that are really important to understand. Uh, the fact that, that when we become like Jesus, it's an attitude. It's, it's a, it's a more, I call it a moral compass. You know, we're created in God's image as a moral compass. We have all these things built into us, like love and holiness and forgiveness and so forth, and it's, it's been corrupted through time. Well, that's where Jesus comes in, the Holy Spirit comes in, that we can actually put that together and work toward that to, become, to renew and refresh that thing that got corrupted from the beginning in Adam. On your show, I had the honor to be on your show. He talked about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You know, he has a plan for your life. It's a specific plan that is not an accident. He has every detail laid out in your life. Talk a little bit to that point with the audience. Well, I think that Romans twelve one is probably one of the most important scriptures in the in the in the Bible, and it says that we need to be transformed you know, by the renewing of our mind, not conformed to the world. And yes, there's absolutely a change of life, a change of lifestyle. Um, the world was once our focus, and once we become a believer in Jesus, he becomes our focus. And instead of having the standards and living by the standards of the world, we're living by the standards of the Bible, living by the standards of God. That should be changing our lives. In fact, back to First John, in chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase this. Basically, it says that uh, if we claim that we uh, know Jesus, then we need to walk like he did. If we don't walk like he did, then we're a liar. So really, if we are a true believer, then we're going to walk as Jesus walked. So it's a change of life. It's totally a change of life and lifestyle. We become a new creature, as it says in the scripture. So if all you do is pray a prayer, like I've known, I've, I've uh, confronted people that I've known who decide they're going to pray that prayer. But, wow, now that I've prayed that prayer, um, I can never lose my salvation, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, have an affair on my wife, gamble, cheat my kids, cheat people, and lie and cheat and steal. 
you know, live like a criminal, but it's okay because I can't lose my salvation. Well, there was probably no salvation to begin with, you know. And so basically there was no change of life. Jesus didn't become Lord of their life. And Jesus said uh, in, in John chapter 5, I think it was, he's talking, no, 6, um, that uh, to have everlasting life, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. So... What is he saying there? It's not about communion. There's, I've heard preachers teach that it's communion. It's not. To eat his flesh and drink his blood basically is to become like him. It's to make him Lord of your life. So it's like, like, have, it's like having a hand and putting a glove on it. Okay, And that's what he's talking about. And that's why people went away. They couldn't understand him, nor did they want to accept it. And today we're in a society where we don't want accountability to anybody else. We don't want that. We want accountability to ourselves. And, and when I talked earlier about the, the church having problems, well, one of, the, one of the very dangerous teachings we have is that God is love. He is only love. The essence of God is love, and therefore that's really what it is. And because he loves so much, and that's all he is, he won't send anyone to hell. Well, no, God is holy, and his per- love is perfect. And if we deny the scriptures to talk about the lake of fire and hell and so forth, then we're denying the fact the Bible is really true. So we need to be careful. I don't, I don't agree with the hellfire brimstone teaching, but I also don't believe, I don't go with this, you know, well, I can live a life any way I want to, and, and I'm going to be able to live with him forever. No, if we're denying him, Jesus says, if you deny me or deny the Father, I'll deny you before the Father. So, you know, there's a lot in there that, I think it's not hard to, to understand or follow. It's hard to give up that selfishness of what I want in my life. Yeah. And that really is the key. I remember when I was producing one of your shows, I remember one of your guests, I forget who it was, but they mentioned, what's the worst thing that can happen if I let this go and, and not do this anymore and try Christ? That is a very important question I think we have to ask ourselves. What's the worst thing that can, that can happen if I choose to let this go and embrace what God has for my life. When I was a kid, I was eight years old, I was hit by a baseball bat, and when I was 17, I started to have grandma seizures. And back then in the, it's 1970 it was, they really didn't have a lot of medication, and the medication that they put me on was, uh, whatever it was, it started growing cysts on my body, and my teeth were, gums were growing over, so we quit that. Well, they put me on phenobarbital, which is a barbiturate, and then I got in a car accident, so they added more. And they added a different drug, which was clonopin, which is another barbiturate. And then they added a mycelin, which was not only another turned into phenobarbital, it reacted in my body and caused manic depressant behavior, which I guess today call uh, bipolar. And I was on this for like 15 years. And I, I did not make good decisions, and I, probably because I wasn't. I couldn't focus. It was really hard. I went through college <laughs> through all that. It's amazing. I went through it all those years of, of university, and yet, you know, it was really frustrating. So finally, in 1984 or five, I got off the medication, put on a new one. I'm clear-headed. Something God did for me was really cool. I have this knack of standing up and able to answer questions, you know, biblical questions. And it's not I can answer questions about history or math or English. It's, it's biblical questions for some reason. And it's still not me. It's got to be the Holy Spirit. And I think in focusing, you know, like I tell people when I teach, you need to find out what your gift is, focus on him, and allow him to you know, build that within you. 
any teacher, any healer, any preacher, anybody who has a gift of the Holy Spirit, you know, it's not about them. It's about God. It's about Jesus. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit is there to honor the Son. Well, if we have the whole gift of the Holy Spirit, we're to honor the Son. And I think that that's your focus is Jesus. He, you know, we have these preconceived ideas because of whatever preachers or whatever teaching, you know, or God is a big ogre with a hammer going to beat you when you do wrong. And we don't understand it. God is really compassionate. And when we look at Jesus, we can fill that blank in or replace those things and realize that, that he's loved. He's, he's compassionate. But however, his love comes from holiness. And there's another scripture. Um, I know you know it. It's Matthew something, but it says, seek. First, the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Yeah, 633 Matthew. It says, seek first the kingdom of heaven. That, I mean, just saying that by itself is very important because we seek so many other things in life. We seek people's approval. We seek status, like I said earlier. We seek to have popularity because we feel lonely and people we think don't like us. So we want to put ourselves in a position to where they will start liking us. But that scripture reading says, seek. First, the kingdom of heaven, and then he will add all these things unto you. What does that mean? So if someone listening right now, what does that mean? I believe, see, I, I don't like the oh, real spiritual stuff where people have to walk, talk, walk around with their arms in the air, all, you know, spiritual. I really believe there's a, a more down-to-earth way of living. And I believe, you know, it's not wrong to seek things in life. <clears throat> However... I look at it this way. God brings to you all kinds of stuff into your life, and the world brings stuff into your life, and you need to be able to separate that out. However, whatever comes in your life, whatever God brings in your life, it's okay to seek that and bring it in. However, I don't believe in the teaching of God is first place, church is second place, family is third place. I don't believe in that teaching. I think anything that's in second, third, or fourth place is going to have competition with first place. God is not one would want to be in competition. So I devise this thing that God is in the center of your life, and it's like a pie, and every piece of pie represents something in your life, whether it be family, your hobby, you know, the things you like or do, your job, so forth. But in the center of that pie is Jesus. That, what that means is every single area of your life, every single hobby, every single, the jobs you have, the relationships you have is centered with Jesus. So no matter what you seek, what you f- go after, as long as Jesus is center of that relationship or that thing you're seeking, it's okay. It's when Jesus is not center of those relationships, of those things, that's when you find problems. Before we wrap up today, you listen to I'm Refocus Radio talking to Alan Cutting, founder of TheBelieversJourney.net. What would you like to tell the audience before we take off today? Love Jesus. I mean, I think that's so important to to really know that He is Lord of all, and and you really want Him to have be Lord of your life. And by the way, I do every Wednesday. I don't do every other Wednesday. Okay. I okay. do. I do it ever since the COVID thing. I do it at my home now okay. for like fifteen twenty minutes. Nice. Well, if you want to find out more about Alan Cutting, go to theBelieversJourney.net. That is theBelieversJourney.net, and you can catch them every Wednesday. Like he said, you can follow him on Facebook and YouTube and just listen to his stories and his Bible teaching and the special guests he has on his show. And like we said on every single show, I'm going to say a little different this time because of what Alan said, but keep God first and in the center of your life. 
So keep him first, keep him in the center. Stay focused and peace. Thanks for listening to I Am Refocused Radio brought to you by Documation. Documation is a full-service technology solutions company that provides IT, print, and software-managed services. Headquartered in San Antonio, Documation has been serving customers across Texas for nearly 30 years. Visit Mation.com today. Hi, San Antonio. Need a barber? Visit our good friend, Rico Rodriguez, the owner of Rockefeller's Barbershop in San Antonio, Texas, 1733 Babcock Road, and book your appointment today by calling 210-782-5188. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.